whatever you can say about America, there's one thing that they're not scared over there of naming Jesus, you know. And I just, it really touched me that did. Right, before I give the message, I've got a one question quiz here. Let's see who gets this. Let's see if you really know your Bible. I, I, I forgot to bring a little prize, but what is the first raising of someone dead in the Bible? What is the first raising of someone dead in the Bible? It's in... I knew you'd get it, Jane. Yeah. I knew you would get it. You're right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Just one of those things, you know, that you don't need to know, but I don't know, it's quite interesting. Yeah, that was the first recorded incident of someone being raised from the dead. It was uh, Elijah with the, the boy that died, the son of the, the woman. Right. Get to it. So what I'm going to look at this morning is, you know, um, when Jesus told parables, it was always to do with what was going on in the area, to do with things that everyone could relate to. And sometimes there are things in the natural, and then there's a he heavenly equivalent. And that's what I'm going to look at today. I'm going to look at the natural marriage of those days, and there is a heavenly equivalent. So I'll go down the stages of the marriage, and we'll see that on each stage there is an equivalent. So if we go back to the days of Jesus, as you probably are aware, the marriages were arranged. And there are these names to just remember, father, bridegroom, bride, and there would be a representative, which would be like a friend or a go-between. And so it starts off with a Jewish marriage. The father would go and look for a bride for his son. And uh, the classic example would be, I'm not going to read it because it was too long, would be in Abraham where he sends out his servants to go and find a bride for his son. Um, so that's the first start of it. And of course, we have the equivalent, don't we? So in the natural, the father sends out his representative or go-between to go and find a wife for his husband. And God the Father does the same thing. He sends out his Holy Spirit to find a bride for Jesus because we are all part of the bride of Jesus. So that's the first stage. And interestingly, in John 3.29, that's the first instance where John mentions, he refers to Jesus as being the bridegroom and us being the bride. So that sort of sets the stage. So the father in the natural, he sends out his rep to find the wife. And as I said, the classic example would be Abraham who sent out uh, his rep to find someone for Isaac, and it ended up being Rebecca. So, in the natural, the father sends out his representative. 
God the Father sends out the Holy Spirit, who is his representative. And the Holy Spirit goes out to seek the bride, who is us. So you have that same thing. And in John 6.44, we read there that no one comes to the Father, but he draws him. And in John 3.8, Jesus talks about how the wind of the Spirit blows and that we are born of the Spirit. So there's the first stage. Father sends out his rep, the Holy Spirit. And when that rep comes, representative or the go-between finds the right person, he gives her gifts. The Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians, it tells us, gives us gifts. And then there's an endowment paid, which is, in a sense, it's like uh, buying the bride. You're paying a price for the bride. And the equivalent is that we are purchased. We are bought with the blood of Jesus. And we have in 1 Peter 1, 8, 19, that we are purchased with the blood of Christ. Now there's the first stage, second stage, third stage. Once the bride is found and is chosen, she would be betrothed. I love this word. I wasn't quite sure what it meant. Does anyone know what it means, betrothed? Speak up. No. The equivalent of today would be engaged. Yeah. And so when, when the, the wife is found, she's betrothed to the man, and there is a contract that is signed. And the equivalent with us would be that that contract is our salvation. And there's the contract in the natural, but with us, it's the covenant. And we just took communion, which tells us about the new covenant. Jesus, Jesus talked about my blood, the new covenant. So in the natural, it's a contract. In the heavenly realm, it's a covenant. And one interesting fact, and I'll read this one. We have to realize that although it's an engagement, and in, in our period now, if you've got engaged, you can break it off and, you know, you go your own way. But the betrothment, the engagement in Jesus' days, that was you were married. That's it. There's no going back. It's death or divorce. That's the only thing that could separate that. And if we look at, if I look at Matthew 1, 18 and 19, which you, I think you'd be familiar with. Matthew 1, 18 and 19. Well, I'll just, I'll just read it anyway. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had mind to divorce her quietly. So the reason I read that is just to enforce the thing that Although they were betrothed, the equivalent of engaged, he was going to divorce her. 
So it's just to, to show you that once that person's found and they've exchanged the contract, that's it. And it's the same with us. Once the Holy Spirit finds us, we're saved, that's it. Okay, so you can rest in that. Now, then the bride will prepare herself because there is a time period between them coming together. And that will be in the next one. So the bride will start to prepare herself. And we also are being prepared. That's what this life is about. Once you're saved, you're being prepared by the Holy Spirit. You're being get ready. You're being taken, hopefully, from one level to another. You're being changed, etc., etc. And I'm going to come back to this a little bit later. So the bride's been found. Contracts exchanged, and then the groom, he goes and prepares a bridal chamber and a home. Now, the equivalent of that in the heavenly is that in John 14, 2-3, Jesus goes and prepares a home for us. You see how every stage is a heavenly equivalent. So the groom goes and prepares a bridal chamber in a home and Jesus prepares a home for us. So everything's done, everything's ready. The time comes for the groom to take the bride and he collects the bride and he takes her to the bridal chamber for seven days. Now, numbers are important in the Bible, okay? They all have a significance. So the groom at the right time collects his bride. Jesus at the right time will collect us. And there are a number of, um, uh, I'm not going to, I'm just going to paraphrase most of them rather than reading them. So Matthew 24, 31, it talks about how Jesus will gather his elect at the sound of the trumpet. In 1 Thessalonians, we will be caught up to meet the Lord. And in 1 Corinthians 15, the trumpet will sound and we will be raised. So that's the equivalent. Now here's the interesting thing. Well, I find it interesting anyway. So the groom takes the bride to the bridal chamber for seven days. When we are take when Jesus comes for us and we are taken up, what happens after that? For how long? Like twice, so seven years. See how this equivalent is there? Then after seven days, the groom takes the bride to the new home where they have the wedding feast, the banquet. And if we read Revelation 19, 6 to 9. Then I heard a sound like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peaceful thunder saying, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him the glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come 
and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Then the angel said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. So there we go. In the natural, we have the groom taken to bride to the wedding feast. And in the heavenly, same thing. After that period, we go to the wedding feast. So just to recap those stages, the father looks for a bride. God, he sends his servant. God sends the Holy Spirit to look for a bride for Christ. The servant brings gifts. There is a price paid. The bride is purchased. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts. We are purchased by the blood of Jesus. The, the bride is bethroned, engaged. There is a contract. We are saved. We have a covenant. The bride prepares herself. We are being prepared. Then the groom prepares a bridal chamber in a home. Jesus prepares a home for us. Then when the time is right, the, the groom comes and collects the bride. When the time is right, Jesus will come and collect us. And after that period of seven days or seven years, there is a wedding feast, the banquet. So I just want to go back and just reflect on. So when the servant turns up, finds the bride and she agrees. You can imagine, just think of it, try and picture it. She is going to be, her life's going to change from that moment in the same way that ours does. She's going to have to carry on living her life and doing all the things that she would normally do. But now she's going to tell all her friends, I'm engaged. She's going to be preparing herself because she doesn't know. This is the thing. And Jesus brought this out many times. You do not know when he's coming. And this is the thing. She would not know when the groom is coming to get her. So she has to be ready. She has to be watchful. She's going to make sure she's not involved in things she shouldn't be. She's going to, you know, when he comes, she wants to be ready to go. And there are a number of scriptures that, rever that uh, revert to this. As I say, I'm just going to not go, not read them fully, but Matthew 24, Jesus says, keep watch and be ready. Luke 12, you must be ready. Matthew 12, you know the story of the ten virgins. Again, Jesus says, keep watch. I mean, this is just three scriptures. There's quite a few. But the emphasis here is that we also, like the bride, this is how we should be. We all have to live our lives. We have to carry on doing the things we're doing. That's fair enough. We don't disengage. But we should be in that place. And particularly now when we see all the things that are happening and we see the time getting nearer, I mean, we're not ignorant. Jesus gave us these signs. We don't know when, but he's given us all these signs to say, when you see these things, look up for your redemption draws near. So as a people, we need to be have that balance of living a life, doing what you're going to work, looking after your family, etc. But at the same time, 
We need to be ready. We need to be watching, expectant. We don't want to be caught out like those 10 virgins, five of them who were not ready and got left behind. God forbid that that should happen to anyone. But Jesus emphasised this so many times that he will come like a thief in the night. He will not know when he's coming, so just be ready. And as Christians, we, I find now, because of the way the world is, I'm more and more looking for Jesus to come. There was, there was always a danger years ago, let's say, when maybe life was a lot easier, life was good, we didn't have all the problems we have now, that we can become very attached to this world. And in a sense, it would be like, well, actually, Lord, I'm, I'm enjoying life, I'm having a good time, so um, I'm not quite ready for you. And so in one sense, although all these things that are happening are not good, and there's a lot of people suffering, it, the good side of it is that this should make us more looking and calling for Jesus to come. I mean, I definitely now, that's one of the things I pray, come Lord Jesus. And it's a bit selfish. I know it is. Um, but, uh, you know, Jesus is tarrying because he wants more and more people to be saved. We know that. But the world is getting worse. So I just want to encourage you to, to have that. Don't be too attached to the world. In um, 1 John 2.15, it says, John says, do not love the world. And there's another verse, and I couldn't actually find it. It's uh, where it says, be in the world, but not of the world. You know, if we get too attached to this world, that's not a good thing. This world, and, and this thing about saving the planet, you know, if you know your word, this planet, God is going to destroy this planet. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be careful and shouldn't do recycling and all that sort of stuff, but, you know, this planet is going, and so don't be too attached to it. Get your heart and mind where it should be, in heaven, because that's where your new home is. That's where you're going to be, and there will be a new heaven and earth down the road, but at the moment, that needs to be our focus. Um, I'm not going to go into it now, but even in, in the Old Testament, we see the same thing. In the New Testament, it's the groom and the bride. In the Old Testament, it was Israel was seen as the wife of God. So throughout the whole Bible, we have this, this marriage. And isn't it strange that this is what the enemy is attacking now, is marriage. You know, all over the place, it's just being hit and, and destroyed. And yet throughout the whole Bible, marriage is such a key thing in the natural and in the heavenly. So I just encourage you that, um, praise God that you're sitting here this morning, you are part of the bride of Christ. God has chosen you for his Holy Spirit. He came to you wherever you were. You've all got a testimony and you're part of that bride now. So get yourself ready, get yourself sorted out, make sure you're, you know, when, when Jesus comes, you're not doing anything you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and your life is just right. Okay, praise the Lord. I'll just finish in prayer. Father, thank you that we didn't cho choose you, but you chose us. We, we all have a testimony and story, and we're all at different levels, but I thank you that we have a covenant. We are saved. Um, 
you called us and you're going to bring us to the end that day when either we die and we join you or we're alive and you call us up whatever it may be and i just pray for each person here that everyone here would have that assurance uh, that they belong to you and that lord you would just help us to just be ready to, to, as Jesus kept warning us, that we would be in a state of um, expectancy and looking for that return. Because we know, Lord, that uh, there's no point in putting our trust in governments or man. The only person that's going to sort out this world is Jesus when he comes back and restores justice and righteousness. And he's the only one that can do that. So, as it says in the Bible, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.